Hey, it's Drex from This Week Health Cyber and Risk Community, and I want to invite you to our next webinar. It's going to focus on what else? Defending health data. I'll be chatting with experts from Rubrik and Microsoft. Register right now at thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. That's all one string, R-U-B-R-I-K webinar, thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. See you online soon. Today in Health IT, we're going to talk about the JP Morgan Conference. We're going to do a recap. I'm just going to go for the modern healthcare story, and we'll talk about it. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16-hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. We want to thank our show sponsors who are investing in developing the next generation of health leaders, SureTest and Artisite, two fantastic companies. Check them out at This Week Health dot com slash today. All right. To celebrate our five-year anniversary, we are going to do a drive this year. We're going, to, we're going to give back. And we know that having a child with cancer is one of the most painful and difficult situations a family can face. At This Week Health, we are working to give back. We are partnering with Alex's Lemonade Stand all year long. We have a goal to raise $50,000 from our community. We are already at $10,000 in January, which is fantastic. We ask you to join us, hit our website in the top banner, and you're gonna see a logo for the, our lemonade stand. Click on that to give today. We believe in the generosity of our community and we thank you in advance. All right, JPM is in the books, as they say, and I was trying to figure out the best way to do this. I'm gonna go through the modern healthcare, picked up five things, five takeaways from the conference. I think I'll hit those and talk about some of the other stories that I've, I've heard in the process. All right, number one, health systems need to cut costs. This is not rocket science and it's not a surprise, but this was a general theme that you heard across the board. Health systems came in and generally said, hey, 2022 was a very difficult year. A lot of things, contract labor spending, staffing shortages, you name it. And they are looking to reestablish a new baseline and that will require making some cost cuts and you know it, it, it didn't matter it, you go common spirit to intermountain and intermountain traditionally comes in with a a pristine balance sheet doing great and that kind of stuff and i don't think that their balance sheet is bad by any stretch of the imaginations but even intermountain was talking about cost cost cuts and cost reductions and a realignment based on the new contracts that they have the labor shortage labor spending and and those kinds of things so Lot of a uh, lot of plans in that area, as you know. If you're listening to this, you already know that. Number two, service integration is growing priority. Integrating services will be a key for healthcare organizations this year. Executives said health systems and insurers view it as a long-term savings opportunity and a path toward higher quality care. So you have Walgreens Boots Alliance is open to additional acquisitions to diversify its services. CEO Rosalind Brewer said Walgreens Village MD closed. An $8.9 billion deal to acquire Summit Health City MD and plans to expand its multi specialty and urgent care operations later this year. Walgreens will fill, acquire Care Centrics and at home care business. CBS Health CEO Karen Lynch said the company is in the market for primary care assets as well. And I think, you know, from a provider standpoint, this is another thing that's happening. There's a battle, and the battle is going on at the primary care level. That's one area it's going on, and it's going on at the alternate locations of care. Let's call it that, alternate locations of care. So you're seeing surgery centers and 
and alternative urgent care centers and, and whatnot. And so you're seeing care shift to lower cost care venues, and that is going to continue. That trend is going to continue. You have the outsiders who are essentially sort of skimming the top, coming in with their strategies, targeting primary care, targeting those kinds of uh, services that they can deliver, uh, high quality and lower cost, and they don't have the legacy infrastructure that health systems do. So this is one of the reasons that health systems, the legacy health systems have to cut costs in order to adjust to a new reality. And the new reality is we can't continue to raise costs forever and labor costs are going up. There has to be a different model and that model is being sought out. And the transition to that model is not an easy one. Number three, Medicare Advantage remains crucial to insurers, health insurance uh, companies, health insurance companies presenting at the conference reported mixed results in their Medicare Advantage business, but the lucrative growing program remains a top priority regarding, regardless of recent performance. Centene CEO Sarah London described the company's Medicare Advantage growth as soft during open enrollment in 2023. The insurer wants to boost profitability by signing up more duly eligible Medicare, Medicaid beneficiaries, and by improving its star ratings, which came in worse than expected last year. Humana saw much better results with Medicare Advantage and added at least 625,000 new members, added during open enrollment, a 13.6% increase. Cigna reported its Medicare Advantage membership grew in the high single-digit range. So Medicare Advantage continues to be incredibly important for the insurers. The Space between the payers and the providers is going to get tense. So this is number four, tense rate negotiations will continue. Expect difficult conversations this year as providers look for ways to cut costs and insurers try to avoid significant reimbursement hikes. Economic uncertainty will further complicate this dynamic. So will looming Medicaid eligibility redeterminations, which are expected to resume as soon as COVID-19 public health emergency declaration expires and lead to millions losing benefits. Centene Chief Financial Officer Drew Asher said the company expects to lose $8 billion in Medicaid revenue due to redeterminations, including $4.5 billion this year, and aims to transition Medicaid enrollees to other forms of coverage. There are going to be rate negotiations. I think the payers recognize that there are additional costs in the provider side. There's a lot of different conversations that are being happening. It's market dependent. It is competition dependent. You know, how much competition is there in the marketplace? Who has the upper hand? Who has a strong hand at the table? But at the end of the day, the, the, the payers benefited from the premiums they collected during COVID that they really didn't have to spend because an awful lot of care got deferred. And that care never really reappeared. It did not create a big backlog. And so that never really appeared. So that, that, that flood and that backlog never made its way to the healthcare providers. And it really did make its way to the payers. And so the payers are flush with cash. And what they're doing with that is really competing with the providers. And so there's a, it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic that's brewing. Now, there's also incredible incredibly interesting partnerships forming as well. And that's going to be an area to keep an eye on. And number five, and the last one in this uh, article, competition heats up in the health tech space. The healthcare technology industry is growing more competitive as providers shift towards virtual platforms and digital tools to improve patient care. Teladoc Health CEO, Jason 
Gorvik expressed confidence in his telehealth company's position relative to competitors, which he said lacked the skill needed to achieve strong financial results. There are a lot of virtual care companies out there and that are more narrowly focused, smaller in scale, and are nipping at the edges of single solutions, Gorvik said. General Catalyst CEO Hamat Tanasia cautioned investors about a tricky year ahead as digital health companies have been forced to shift their focus from revenue growth to profitability. That's the thing. I, I'm not sure about the Teladoc CEO. He might be right. I don't think scale really matters in his space as much as he thinks it matters. Uh, you can quote me on that and uh, he'll tell you that I don't know what I'm talking about. But at the end of the day, I didn't wildly overpay for an acquisition either. That's me getting a little snippy at the end of the day here. But Hematanasia is absolutely right that this shift from revenue growth to profitability has changed the landscape. We did not see an awful lot of funding rounds or really announcements in general, no mergers, very little in the way of announcements at JPM. And that is uncommon. That doesn't happen all that much, right? And one of the things that is going on is the health tech space has heard from the private equity partners, from the VCs, to make sure that they have enough runway, to make sure that they have a path to profitability, that that is the story they need to tell. It's not a scale story anymore. It is a profitability story and it's a value story. How much value are you delivering to whoever your end user client is? And is that a value that they're worth, uh, that they see and are worth willing to pay for? Not worth paying for, willing to pay for. Clearly value is worth are they willing to pay for it? That's always been one of the tricks in healthcare. It's not coming up with a really cool idea. That's not the trick. The trick is coming up with a financial model that actually works because most people feel like their insurance carrier should pay for it or should be included in their care, should be included some other way. So it's hard to get money from consumers. And then you either have to get it from the employers, the payers, or the providers. And each one of those has its own challenges if you decide to go down those roads. So I agree with Hamon. It's going to be a tricky year ahead in the health tech space. And I think we will see more mergers and acquisitions. We will see things that look like acquisitions, which really are fire sales, asset, asset sales, client sales, essentially buying the clients and whatever, just to pick things up. I think we'll see that throughout the year. I think we'll see some strategic investments from VC and private equity as they look at assets that are struggling and they can really have a, I don't know, really push their advantage in some of these companies. So anyway, tricky year is a great way to say it. So I don't know if it's, uh, if it's safe to say that this was a muted year for healthcare at the JP Morgan conference, but it, it definitely had a different tone and a, a different, different feel. So we will see what that, what that means for healthcare going into 2023, but usually great conversations, great way to determine what people are thinking about and talking about. Don't forget to tune in next Friday. Next Friday, we do an interview with, with Rob Dimache, former CFO for UPMC, and he will give us a rundown of what he heard and give us a rundown of the presentations that he sat through. All right, that's all for today. If you know someone that might benefit from our channel, please forward them a note. They can subscribe on our website, thisweekhealth.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And this really does help. If you do this, this will really help. And I really appreciate it.
We want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders, SureTest and Artisite. Again, two great companies. Check them out, thisweekhealth.com slash today. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.